by Lonnie Ree, Celestial Falls, Book 3. When magic goes awry, fairy tales come to life. The beautiful Kirby witch's spell goes astray and snares the big bad wolf. One second, I'm happy with my solitary life, then boom, I feel like I've been clobbered between the eyes by two by four. She turns my world upside down and my cravings for the little vixen roar out of control. Her crystal ball is wrong. Is telling me there's no way a grumpy wolf and free-spirited witch are mates. My wolf knows she's mine, and I have my work cut out for me. It won't be easy to convince my stubborn little soulmate to see the truth, but this stubborn wolf loves a good fight. Look out, little witch. Your growly wolf is coming for you. That's Hexes and Howls by Lonnie Ree, Celestial Falls, Book 3. Grab it now in Kindle Unlimited. It's live this Thursday, October 21st. Welcome back to Read Me Romance. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome back. We've got Ali Glass with us this week with Julie's Desire. Julia's Desire. Sorry. We're going to play the second half for you in just a little bit. Before then, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to make you wait. So I've been what watching. What are you talking about today? <laughs> and what are you watching? I'm going to try not to complain about it. But <laughs> I have been watching the Great British Baking Show. And I get so hungry when I watch this show. <sighs> <laughs> I was so fucking hungry and this past week was bread week and that's all oh I wanted gosh. to do was just eat so much fucking bread do you still have that yeast that you like always bake from it was oh uh, yeah okay so I kept that for a long fucking time and you have to like feed it Celia does that too like yep. she has you a, gotta feed it she like pulls it up mm-hmm. and feeds it and I'm like it yep. looks delicious and I've ate it before and it's oh it's wonderful. amazing yeah I couldn't have that shit in my house oh no I learned how to make this brownie bread out of it where it's like it's basically like chocolate cake with like with a brownie taste to it. And it had like a brownie crust, but it was cake with chocolate chips in it. It was a mistake to learn how to make that. It was a big mistake. Because once I learned how, that was all I made for like a month. And I was like, okay, I got to throw this out. So I finally did. I let it go. I was like, I cannot be responsible for another living creature in this house. <laughs> so I let it go. But I kept thinking the other day when I was watching the the bread week i was like yeah i really wish i had some of that starter right now because i'd put my face in it so good i'm glad i can't make bread i i would die it's so easy that's the problem it is very easy to make bread i think it's a misconception that it's difficult oh it's such a problem though but you know i saw um this thing the other day that said like oh forget like pumpkin spice season it's soup season and it I is. Like, Fuck I'm yeah, soup, soup season. season. Yes. I love soup season. I am season. a soup bitch. Like, what ah. is your favorite kind of soup? I'm going to guess. I'm going to say your top two okay. are potato and French onion. <laughs> How close is that? Okay, tell me. What's your? That's my guess. What is your? What is it? My top is probably tomato. I should have known it. Fuck it. I should have known that because you have it with a grilled cheese. Yes. Yep. yep. And then my second is pot pie. Oh, now I wouldn't have thought about that. That's a good one. But that's I'm not actually, really a soup. It's not? I don't know. I'm not actually, weirdly enough, 
a white soup kind of person. Really? Yeah, Ooh, I don't know I like why. A, <clears throat> like I like, I like French a good onion chicken and sure. rice. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm not. Like French I think onion. I'll eat a potato mm-hmm. like if it's all there is. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, but I don't know why. I don't I'm know not. Why. My potato soup you would probably like because it's a creamy potato soup. It's basically runny mashed potatoes. That's how I like mine. I don't, I know, I don't want it watery. Like, I don't want a watery potato soup. I want to be able to scrape my spoon across it. That's how I like my potato soup, where it's cheesy and creamy with bacon bits on the top. That's how I like my soup. My mouth is watering. Soup season's like pretty much here. I'll go to Panera Bread like two or three times a week to get soup, to get tomato soup. But... I think we just had our last warm weekend in the 80s. I think we're done. So we have a warm week this week. We actually closed up the pool this weekend. That was one thing. Like we cleaned it out and like put the cover on it and everything. And I was like, well, that was it. That was our first season with the pool. (laughs) I should switch over to the baking show because I got stuck on like crime or religion cult documentaries (laughs) all weekend. And I swear I've had nightmares like for two nights in a row. Have you yeah. really and because it's, of the cults? I don't even think that they're – and these cults aren't, like, super – like, I didn't dump – and like, as much as I enjoyed watching these documentaries, I wouldn't let myself jump into, like, The Vow and stuff like next because yeah. I feel like those are sex-heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, multiple wives and stuff. And mm-hmm. these two, because I watched um, The Way Down, and then I watched – I binge-watched the Leah Remney Scientology. Ooh, that's a good one. I watched like three seasons of that oh, shit. That'll fuck which you up though. Didn't get into sex until like the third one, third mm-hmm. season, really. But God. Uh. And it also made me realize that while I live in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. I actually haven't been around religion a lot in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It just was never spoke about. Because I'm seeing these kids getting pulled into some of this stuff really mm-hmm. young. And, like, I'm like, God, I didn't even really know what God was for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so weird. Well, you weren't raised in organized religion. So that was No, why. like, my parents my parents were not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wasn't talked about. And my even my grandparents weren't religious. Yeah. It was my great-grandparents that were religious. That's probably why your grandparents aren't religious, because of your great-grandparents. That's usually well, what yeah, happens and my, when a generation yeah, my of dad family won't do splits. Anything. Yep. When they split from I it, remember, it's usually because of a bad experience. I remember one time, because my friends would go, and I'd ask to go once, and they did take me, but they would like, they're like, we'll drop you off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's what they would say. They were like, I'll drop you off uh-huh. and pick you up. <laughs> oh, man. That's some crazy shit. <laughs> But it was just crazy. But I get it, though. Like, I can get how you get sucked It's so it. easy. It's so easy to get because in Because nobody joins a cult. You know what, though? I have... Nobody. You I, think it's for... You're going to do something better. It's for something greater. You're going to help people. Yeah. Well, and if then, somebody sat down and told you everything all at once, you'd say, no, thanks. That's not how they do it. They slow you, bring bring you into it. And as the folds get, you know, undone, well, then you're like, what the fuck? I'm in a cult. I sw- well, I was telling Rob, I was like, you know, Scientology is one that could have got me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, <laughs> because I, it's for people that aren't like Christians uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. It makes you 
you know, they're like, we want you to think. They want you, we yeah, want they you make to, you think that, you're smarter like, than everybody else. Yeah, they yeah. make you think you're smarter than everybody else, mm-hmm. and you're just trying, you have a better way of thinking, and I'm like, this is one that could have got me when I was younger. Yep. You know what, though? I have a theory that Costco is a pyramid scheme slash cult. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because I'll I join think- this one. No. <laughs> what? I'll join. No, I know. I'm like, I would, but the way, the way it's set up and the way people talk about it, I'm like, there's got to be some sort of religious undertone. I've never <laughs> been to Costco. I've never been in one, but I could see the appeal to this. Like if you yeah. told me there was like food and bulk involved in a cult, I'd be like, where do I, which way? Left? Okay, let's go. Like I, there's no way I wouldn't get into, I wouldn't be taken in by that. That's how somebody would get me. They'd get me with food or they'd get me with like, like unlimited romance books. <laughs> they'd be like, yeah. look at our library. I'd be like, you know what? I have reconsidered my stance on God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I might just be in this for the rapture. <laughs> look, praise his light. Section two. Okay. Bye y'all. I'd get they touched it. on Jehovah's Witnesses too. Oh my god! Scary. I'm sorry, but anybody that doesn't celebrate birthdays is, makes me afraid. Like, what are you so scared of that you can't celebrate somebody's birthday? I, I can't <laughs> imagine being ten and my parents being like, "Armageddon is coming and everybody <laughs> will die." I'm, I'm like, blanket <laughs> apology to the Jehovah's Witnesses that don't believe in that. <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying that would that would give me nightmares. Yeah. As a child, <laughs> Like, we're all going to die? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, the morality No, not of it. you. Not you, because you not believe. You. But, like, everybody said across from you in yeah, class. Everybody you know is going to die. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that you all know. All your classmates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's really scar our children. <laughs> all right. I've got some lady listener emails are going to read today. We actually got a bunch of influx of new ones, and I think somebody even commented on one. They were like, Leah said nobody's sending in emails. I caught that when I was printing out. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) So this one's entitled Cringy Mom Story. Hey, ladies. So I'm listening to episode 144.2, The A-List, and you just read the story about the mom trying to hook her daughter up. Well, in this story, I'm the daughter. To set the scene, I'm like 13, 14 at the 4-H retreat, and at the end of every 4-H event, there's always some kind of social or dance. My mom was always a 4-H club. It's like a, um, oh, I forget what it stands for, but it's like like horticulture and health and something, whatever. It's like uh, people who are into like farming and stuff, 4-H. It's like like a a group you can get into. Is it a cult? I can't. No, it could be though. <laughs> it's kind of like a. It's for like, it's for like the Lululemon cult. <laughs> yeah, it's like a no. It's just like a civic um, organization, kind of like okay. um. Oh fuck! I can't think youth and, like youth in government. You remember that in school, like youth in government, where they had like mock trials or debate team. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's for like farming and agriculture. Okay. So it's we Cowboys. have them here. Yeah, they're here. in they're in the rural South places that have a lot of like agriculture. I'm from Clemson, South Carolina, so it's all the fucking there. We have tons of 4-H. So, anyways, at the end of every 4-H event, there's always some kind of social or dance. My mom was always a chaperone for these retreats. Yeah, she was that mom. I'm that mom. 
So, of course, she was at the dance to help supervise. I had been crushing on this older guy, like two years max, but at that age, basically old, all week, and my mom knew. So, at the dance, my mom went up to the guy and told him I had had a crush on him. What the fuck, mom? I'm not that mom. Oh, my God. I had a crush on him. So, he'd pity dance with me to big green tractor. I was ready to die. The entire song, my mom is standing on the sideline of the dance floor like a proud parent, just smiling away. Needless to say, she never got to hear about crushes again, especially at events like that. So, yeah, I blame her for why I'm awkward. Awkward thumbs up. Thanks. <sighs> that I mom. my mom. I would. I mean, you've basically broken every just avenue of trust you had with your child in one shot. That did it. She's right. I would never tell my mom about a crush after that. Oh, my God. Oh, mom, what were you thinking? You know, when you said that, that actually reminds me of one of my biggest regrets. Or when I was younger, my mom was like in the PTA and like she did the school dances. Like my dad built like a whole like stand thing for pictures and crap like that. And we had our first eighth grade dance. And I, like, they did all the stuff for their dance, and I begged them not to go. And my mom was, like, so heartbroken because I was embarrassed. (laughs) I was, like, in the eighth grade. It's my first time. Yeah, yeah. You cannot come. Did they go? She still brings that shit up. No. They didn't didn't go? No, you're horrible. I know. I know. I think about it. I think back on it. I just look at my camera. Who do you think your fucking ride is? I got to take you there. I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. No, but they were like they but did no, all the I stuff and dance, That's, and they like bowed out. That's sweet though that they respected your feelings on it. But yeah, you don't realize as a kid you're being an asshole. You but don't. the fact that they let you do it, I mean, that's really sweet. There's no way I'm not doing that with my kids though. I'm going. <laughs> I'll be that chaperone. Yeah, I'm not maybe gonna- just do it because, like I said, I always tell. When I think I randomly think back on it and I feel horrible. I'm definitely going to chaperone and go to every single thing that they have for the rest of their lives. But I won't say anything. I'll just sit on the sidelines and scowl. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I want them to know that I'm there and I'm unhappy. It was stupid because, like, all my friends loved my parents. I have the dad that took us everywhere. Like, he went and picked of up everybody and took us everywhere. It was Your mean. dad's the best. <laughs> He's All so right. sweet. Even now, I love your dad. Your dad's like the cool dad now. Even yeah. as an adult, I'm like, yeah, he, your dad can come. Your dad's always <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I'm going to have a dance and I'm going to invite your mom and dad and not he you. Would come. <laughs> my mom probably wouldn't come. My dad would come. <laughs> yeah. All right. This one's entitled Rotten Kids. I don't know what this email says, but I like it already. <laughs> I bet it's reeking with your child's privilege Probably. that you want to strangle. Or is that just me? <laughs> Maybe it's both of them. Let's see. Hello, my favorite lady podcasters. Here's a little short and sweet email about how kids can be rotten. So my kids, I like to call them my minions because they're literally evil, like the minions from Despicable Me. Oh, they argue more than normal siblings do. 
What? Remember, I think we talked about how some kids are yep. really bad at home, but great out in the Maybe world. this is it. They argue more than normal siblings do. They tell each other they hate each other. They will purposely get each other into trouble. And they are only 9 and 10. I'm not okay. Please send help. But when it's time for teacher conference, I get things like this. Your daughter is so great in class, even if she has a little more energy than the other kids. She listens and pays attention and does what she's supposed to do for having a deficit. Teacher's words, not mine. She has ADHD and they make and it and they make me pissed off <laughs> or yeah. things like your son is the sweetest little guy he holds the door opens for others and is so helpful around the classroom which i love but like can they be like this at home my grandma always said to me that they will be they will be their true selves around those that are they are the most comfortable with and who they trust so are you telling me that kids are their true selves or assholes <laughs> lol Hope this made you laugh a little. Love you bunches, Alyssa. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. They are the, probably the most comfortable. I don't know. Mine all scream at each other. I don't know. Don't chew each other out. Sometimes. Just well, stop, Isabel like, shouts at Peyton you. sometimes. Do you know for like an hour tonight, they were like, annoying the shit out of each other and then you heard it when they were ready to go to bed they were like can we sleep in the same bed and i was like fuck no it's a weeknight it's so like cute. you've been kicking and poking each other all night and now you want to go to sleep in the same bed no not, we're not having a little sleepover tonight glimpses like randomly once every two weeks they'll be like hanging out doing something oh that's cute but it's not like it used to be when they were littler i wish that they would hang out more but there's still it's kind of a different. there's still a little bit of a, a age gap they haven't caught up yet i think when they get a little bit older they'll be much closer probably yeah probably. I don't know. <clears throat> this email is entitled thank you thank you thank you Lady DJs, I just had to write in one more time to say thank you. I have been a loyal lady listener since the beginning, and I've written in before. In fact, the last time I wrote in, I was one of the I was at one of the lowest points in my life and sinking fast. Back in February, I cleaned out my desk and walked out on a fifteen year in aviation on a fifteen year career in aviation, and proceeded to suffer two nervous breakdowns in my life. I was desperate and looking for more something. I wrote into the show, pouring my heart out in a desperate plea. And at the time, I'm not not even knowing what I needed. Anyways, I just wanted to send a quick update and let you know I've gotten into therapy and I'm taking my life by storm again. And I count you ladies among my biggest blessing. This podcast and the community curated gave me a safe space to find my boy voice. Hearing Tessa talk about leaving a dentist appointment after inappropriate contact made me face my sexual assault I endured from a male doctor. I never told anyone about it until I admitted it in therapy. The way you ladies lift each other up has taught me that I want to be an ally. I'm stepping into my power. I turned my boss in for being a ginormous asshat recently, and they did an investigation. While my boss still has his job, change doesn't happen overnight. And I'm currently back at work, back at work for now. They're looking at me in a much different way and with much more respect. I'm claiming my seat at the table and standing up for myself in a way I never have before. Leah mentioned on the podcast today that the email from lady listeners has dropped off and I wasn't sure and wasn't sure we are still listening. I'm here to say we are still tuning in. I'll be a fan until the end and appreciate all the work you do to keep this show running. Thank you with lots of love and gratitude. I'm not sure she won't say your name. I'll just say T. Oh. And then the sweetest. 
Yes. That makes me so happy. I remember the email that she's talking about that she's sending because I remember it was about the aviation and it was a, I never read it on, on the air because it was, it was a very lengthy email, but it was so much was poured into it that it almost felt like an invasion of privacy to share that one. But like, I, I remember the email. She's write talking. it out. Yeah, yeah, and maybe then that within itself was therapeutic and helped. So I'm I just, just so say, yeah. On that note, ladies, even when you go in and you think maybe your report isn't going to do not much because it's small, mm-hmm. report, report, report because they add up. Yeah. And the more reports that get in, the more attention things get. So when you even think something is small, do a report. Yeah. I agree. Oh, it's sad that we need it, but you're absolutely right. It's, th- it's there to have. All right. So this next one is entitled Office Romance. Hey, Lady DJs. On the last episode, you asked for office romances. I met my fiance at work about five years ago. We've been together for four years now, and we bought a house and got engaged this year. When we worked together, we worked swing shifts and got off at 11 p.m. Since our company was cheap and didn't offer parking, I would park about half a mile away from the office for free parking. He would drive me to my car after work, Wait, and your we office, struck up a close friendship. The place friendship. you worked didn't give you parking? This is another this is one, one of that those. bullshit. Yep, this is some of that bullshit work shit. Yep. Um, he would drive me to my car after work, and we struck up a close friendship. We would sit in his car for hours talking about everything from our hopes and dreams to dumb things we did as teenagers. We did that every night for about nine months. The reason we were just talking was because I had a boyfriend during the time. I figured out I had feelings for him when I saw him flirt with another girl and get her number, and I felt incredibly jealous. After the flirting incident, I told him I had feelings for him and we couldn't hang out anymore because I wanted to respect my relationship and not spend time with someone I wanted to kiss. He told me that he wasn't into me at all, only saw me as a friend, and he didn't want to kiss me. He later told me that he was lying, but he didn't want to lose me. (laughs) He agreed to stop hanging out with me. The next day, my car got towed and he had to drive me to the lot to pick up my car. He said it was a sign that we had to be friends. We never took the friendship break. I broke up with my boyfriend about a month later because he was a douchebag. Looking back, I don't know what I saw in him. A few months late after that, I invited myself over to my now fiance's apartment to watch Bojack Horseman and drink gin and tonics, and we've been together ever since. He told me that he told me that night he had always been into me, but didn't want to get in the middle of my relationship. He wanted me to make my own choices without his interference. He's the love of my life and the best thing that's ever happened to me. A photo of my engagement ring is attached. Love what you do, Sabrina. Is that the sweetest? That makes me so happy. Oh, that's such a perfect love story. I love that because, like she said, like he said he didn't have feelings for her. He was lying. (laughs) Just because he was like, if I tell her I have feelings, she's really going to back off. Yeah, yeah. This is about we definitely can't be friends. Yeah. Oh, and he was like, I can't lose her as a friend. I love that. Her ring is giant. He's playing the long game. Yes. He knew what he was doing. He understood the assignment. That's what the kids say, right? (laughs) Yes, that is what they say. say. (laughs) All right. This one is a little long, so she told me to skip the beginning and go to where the star is. Hello, lovely ladies. First time emailing. Sorry for the long email. You can skip to the good part if you want. Look for the star. (laughs) It says... 
I will read this first part. It says, Leah, I feel so at home listening to your twang and I want to swap DIY tips and recipes. You're so freaking awesome. See, I wanted to read that. Mel, you remind me so much of my cousin. I just want to hug and play Pokemon Go with you. My son loves all things Pokemon. Also, super jealous that you get to live so close to your parents. Thank you all for letting us mere mortals feel like friends when we listen in. So I'm slowly catching up on the podcast. I found out about it like two years too late. I blame an extremely inactive social media life. I'm on book number 48, so I have a ways to go. LOL. I absolutely adore y'all. I bet my creeper soccer stuff sounded super outdated. Anyways, the reason for my email. So to preface this, I have been married for 11 years now. I'm slightly kinky and I married a true vanilla, vanilla Southern gentleman. He is so considerate in the bedroom. I swoon, yet I wish he would get a bit rough. He holds my hair out of my face gently when I go down on him, and I'd wish he forced my head down instead. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. So, of course, romance novel fill a hole where there when I crank, when I crave more kink. He has met me halfway, though. So I still get some excitement, and we are definitely open and communicate well about our fantasies. Anyway, recently I decided to try my hand at writing, but I have doubts in my ability to write a truly steamy sex scene. Any tips are appreciated. So I told him my worries. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, About a month ago, I got a bit of confidence boost from the hubster. If he keeps it up, I may just write a great, I may just be able to write a great smut. I may be a great writer, smut writer one day. Sorry. Since the weather was so warm, my husband wanted to help at night after the temperatures dropped to wash his new car in the driveway. He's a total gearhead, so this was nothing new. We got done washing the car and I asked him to help me wash my SUV since the kids got monkey prints all over it. No problem. Two wash vehicles and a very happy husband later. It's about 10 30 11 p.m. at this point. We're putting the soap and everything away. Then he tells me to grab onto the power washer and bend over. Um, yes please. So here I am in a long dress that's soaked in our circle driveway and the only thing blocking the view of anyone who may drive past is my SUV. The porch lights are off and I'm like, please tell me I didn't read the situation wrong because I am instantly turned on. I absolutely read it right. He flipped my dress up and took me from behind right there under the stars with the hand, whoa, with the handle to the power washer digging into my belly. Suffice to say, 11 years later, and we still haven't lost our spark. Thank you, baby Jesus, for men who know how to please their women. And for small towns that go to bed early so we didn't get caught. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you got some enjoyment on that. Um, I have been tempted to write many times, but wanted to catch up first. The way my emails were more on topic. However, I've been dying to share this one and jump to the chance when y'all ask for more public sex locations, mostly because I have no one I could ever tell this to in my real life. A couple of quick contributions to listening to listener email topics. I lost my virginity in a cemetery, not directly on a grave, so no desecration (laughs) happened. I was on top. Stupid jerk then questioned if I was a virgin because he didn't feel my hymen break. When I was eight, I slipped on a ladder and some monkey bars and landed on the top rung between my legs and bled. So Mm. suffice to say that he's a jerk for assuming a hymen is the only proof not anyone ever had of penetrating my vagina so he ruined a perfect opportunity in a grace first experience i had a whirlwind romance my husband met my husband less than three months before i married him no regrets when you know you know we were each other's rebounds i feel like our story is still my absolute favorite 
This man has all the lines. Not lying. If you need a sworn worthy line for a hero, I'll be more than happy to share. Best part is he means each one. Worst pickup line I've ever had. She's like going through our emails or our episodes and she's responding to every episode. I love it. Worst pickup line I've ever had. I was 16 and my friend and my friend told a guy I was still a virgin. He literally told me, I'll take care of that for you. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> it's like a tube of Pringles. What the fuck? And it says, I have too many camp stories to count and a few sexy ones. Okay, I'm done oversharing. Thank you for reading any of it, even if it's only a small portion. I have one question for y'all. If you could have lunch with anyone from the past, who would it be? I love y'all. Please never stop being awesome, Summer. I hope she didn't say not to say her name. <laughs> I'm sorry if I wasn't supposed to. Um. Okay, so if you could have lunch with anyone from the past, who would it be? I don't know. I don't want to have lunch with anybody. <laughs> that I don't know. Oh, my me thought my grandma. Then I guess maybe my grandma, my great-grandma. Yeah. I miss my grandma so much. I miss her so, so much. Yeah. I think I would like to do that, to go back and have lunch yeah. with some grandmas. I love that. If I had to pick, like, a, a, I don't know, like, a celebrity or, like, someone, like, really cool to have lunch with, I mean, I'd probably pick somebody like Alan Rickman so I could ask him all about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Something dumb like that. <laughs> But yeah, those are good. That was a great story, too. Oh, the pressure washer, right? I love it. All right, so we've got the second installment from Isla Glass. We've got Julia's Desire today. Um, don't forget to grab Guys My Age. That's on sale right now. It's not marked down on Amazon or Eden Books, but you can get it everywhere else for 99 cents. And be sure to enter this week's giveaway. She's giving away free ebooks. Um, so just go to our page and enter to win. And uh, make sure you check out all of her other ones. Again, this was book 1.5 in the submission series. So if you want more from this, the first book is called Mary's Submission. And then it's this book. And then there's Jasmine's Rapture and Violet's Possession. So there you go. Let's go check those out. We'll see you guys on the other side. Bye. Chapter 4. Anthony. We walk down the hall, and just before we turn the corner, Julia's friends spot her, Mary, Jasmine, and Violet. They wave to us, and Julia waves back, and then she looks at me. Go talk to your friends. I'll wait. I see Liam coming up behind them, so I walk to him as Julia walks to her friends. Amen, I say, and Liam and I shake hands, then hug. Hi, Liam replies. What have you been up to? I ask. Nothing. As per usual, Liam doesn't say much. It's a wonder he knows how to teach. Teachers have to talk and explain things. I imagine Liam's class to be him saying, look at the notes and put your fingers on the strings and pull back. Really, man, you've been so quiet lately. And yes, I know that's how you usually are, but more so. What's on your mind? He pauses for a moment, I guess deciding if he's going to tell me what's on his mind. He looks over his shoulder, then says in a quiet voice, I met someone. I smile, then slap his arm. That's amazing, dude. But what's with the hush-hush? 
you're an adult. You're allowed to date. Yeah, well, I'm not exactly supposed to date this woman. My brow furrows in confusion. Who is it? I'm not going to tell. He looks over to the wall, and I follow his gaze. Mary Bennett. His student. Well, not right now. She's got another teacher, but he was her teacher. Bennett? I ask, keeping my voice as low as possible. Yes, we've been dating for almost a year now. We're waiting until she graduates to tell anyone. Our parents don't even know. I understand that. I might end up being in the same position if Julia wants it. I know I do. I'll never tell another soul if it means that I get to wake up next to her every morning, to be the father of her child and give her the most amazing life possible. Well, don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone, I assure him. It's Liam's turn to furrow his brow, and he looks at me and crosses his arms. What are you doing with one of your students? My mouth opens, then closes, then opens and closes again. Um, nothing. I would say I'm surprised, but not really. I look at him with a scowl on my face. What's that supposed to mean? Liam shrugs. I mean that I know your tastes, friend, and she is it. I know what he means. Liam is the reason that I went to the club in the first place. He knows the kind of woman that I like. Somehow, saying that she is my taste of woman sounds creepy, but he's not wrong. I really like Julia. Anyway, I gotta go. See you later. Liam walks past Mary, and I catch a little moment between the two. The way she smiles, and he smiles back, which is odd, because I don't think I've ever seen Liam smile before. Good for him. I start to walk down the hall, and Julia catches up to me and walks beside me. We will have our room to ourselves for a while, Julia says, and I see a smile stretch across her face. Luckily, she is as excited as me. My cock is hard in my pants, and it's getting painful. I had to take off my jacket and walk with it in front of me so I don't alert everyone. We both take a look down the halls before Julia invites me into her room. We say nothing as she takes me to her room and closes the door behind me. Her room is nice, very blue, blue walls, blue sheets, and blue curtains. Her notebooks all have blue covers, and she has a stuffed dog on her bed that I didn't notice before. To be honest, I didn't really get a good look the last time I was in here. I was looking for her, then I saw the book and left. The memories of what I was doing in here yesterday send a pang of guilt into my stomach. I'm sorry I went snooping in your room, Julia, I tell her. Julia spins around and clasps her hands in front of her. At least it was you and not some creepy guy. I chuckle softly. You don't think of me as a creepy guy? No, she says in a whisper. Her foot plays with the rug, and I go to her. What do you think of me? I put one hand on her hip and the other one under her chin and lift her head up. I... 
I think you're the most amazing man I've ever met. I think you're a good teacher. You are kind and nice to look at. Julia blushes, and I smile. I lean down and kiss her cheek and hold her closer to me. You're so cute when you blush, I whisper next to her ear. So, I say, and lift her up in my arms. You think I look nice? She nods and ducks her head under my chin. Such a shy girl. Don't be embarrassed, Julia. I like that you think of me. I place her on the bed and pull back. Tell me, when you think of me, what do you imagine? Tell me your fantasy. I want to know. I walk to the front of the bed and look down at her, her hair fanned across the pillows as she plays with her fingers. She starts to speak, but stops herself. That's an order, Julia. You don't want to be punished for not doing what you're told, do you? Falling into a role that I know well, I undo my tie and place it on the bed, then undo my cuffs. Um, I imagined you tying me up and spanking me and having sex with me. Her fantasy isn't that, well, descriptive, but I can work with that. I don't know what she wants me to spank her with, how far she wants to go, but it must take a lot of courage for her to even talk about this out loud, let alone in front of another person. I just have to ask her questions to get to what she wants. You want me to have sex with you? On your front? I grab her legs and flip her around until she's on her back. I climb on top of her, straddling my legs across her thighs. Like this? I grab her hair and pull her head to the side so that I can nip at her ear. Yes, more, anything, she pants, and I can feel her move her ass, trying to grind against my erection, which is painfully trying to get out. You want it rough? Yes, she pants again, and I let go of her hair and lift up her dress. I slide her panties down her legs so that I get to see that pretty pussy that I crave to be inside. She is wet and hot. I push a finger into her, and Julia mules. Still so wet, I would love to see my cum dripping out of you someday. Would you like that, Julia? My handprint on you and my cum sliding down your leg as you walk to class? Julia looks back at me, her eyes hooded and clouded with lust. Oh yeah, she wants that. But first things first. I pull back and put my fingers in my mouth and suck her juices off of them. All right, Julia, let's play, shall we? Julia flips around and kneels on the bed. Please, she begs. I want you to take off your clothes and walk over to that bench and get on all fours. Can you do that for me, Julia? She nods, then gets off of the bed in a flash and starts to peel herself out of her dress. The way she takes off her clothes has me nearly coming in my pants. She leans down when it falls to the ground and picks it up and throws it onto her bed. Julia then walks to the bench and looks at me once before getting on all fours. Meanwhile, I take off my shirt and belt. Now, 
I stand behind her and rub her ass, which is still sort of red from my spanking from earlier. Now you're going to stay still. You can scream all you want now. I'm going to spank you with my belt ten times. Then I'm going to take you to your bed and fuck you hard. Your safe word is red if this gets too much. Say it and I'll stop immediately. You ready? Yes, Julia says quietly. Louder, baby. I need to hear you. I need to know you want this. Yes, she says again, louder this time. And I know it's time to begin. Chapter 5 Julia You ready? Yes, I say softly. Louder, baby. I need to hear you. I need to know you want this. Yes, I say, stronger. Yes, I want this. I want this so bad. I've never considered myself a pain slot, but when Anthony offered to spank me, I felt a jolt of pleasure hit my pussy. I do read a lot of books with spanking in them, but I guess I never thought about how much I wanted it until now. Sure, I wanted to be dominated like those women in the books that I read, but those were fantasies. And I guess even in my mind, I didn't think that I would ever get a chance like this. That my nerves would take over and I would run. So I didn't think about how much of this BDSM thing that I wanted. But with Anthony behind me, rubbing my ass in slow circles, occasionally tapping me with his belt, I don't want to run. I don't want to hide from him. I want to tell him my fantasies and for us to make some up. I want to have his cock inside of me, and I want to lick his cum off his chest after watching him touch himself. I want to fly into his arms and hold each other forever. It's an ambitious thought, the thought of forever, especially since we don't really know each other that well and our relationship can get him fired. And I don't even know if forever is in his mind. I decide that perhaps I should just enjoy this moment and think about forever later, maybe when he isn't about to spank me with his belt. I gear myself up for the spanking, but nothing prepares me for the pain of the first swipe of his belt. Ouch! I yell out. Are you okay? He rubs the spot he spanked. Yes, 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 please, keep going. Despite the pain, the heat radiating from my ass to my pussy has me dripping down my own leg. Another swipe comes down on my ass, and I yelp again. Damn, it's amazing that something that hurts this much still makes me want more. I like that it's controlled pain. I like that it's Anthony doing it to me. I like that I'm going to have marks on my ass from the belt. I imagined this so many times before, but nothing comes even close to the real-life feeling of Anthony Travers spanking me with his belt. Smack. Another one comes down. And another. And another. After ten spanks, I hear the belt drop, 
and Anthony carries me to the bed and gently places me on the sheets. I can see his hands shaking and the raw need in his eyes. I also clock the hard erection in his pants. The cool sheets against my ass bring a sharp pain there, but after a second it calms down and I lie on my back, looking up at Anthony. He takes off his pants, then pulls out a condom and puts it on himself. He crawls up my body, then settles between my open legs. You ready for me, baby? You ready for my big cock inside of you? Fucking you hard. His rough voice has my pussy dripping with need and begging to be filled. My legs go around his waist and I hold him close. Please, I beg. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time and it couldn't be more wonderful. Anthony settles one hand beside my head and with the other guides his cock to my entrance. The first touch makes me moan and he looks up at me. I love hearing you moan, he tells me. My pussy clenches around the head of his cock. He already feels big like this. I can't imagine what it'll be like when he's fully in me. Anthony pulls out and pushes back in again. Every time he does that, he gets farther into me. I can feel my body stretching around him, and it hurts a bit, but not enough to make me stop. Mm. The pain starts, and I try to breathe through it. What is it, baby? Anthony stops and brings his hand to my face. I've never, um, never had someone, you know. You've never had someone inside of you? I wonder for a second if he'll back out. I heard other girls say that men don't like inexperienced women, but when I nod, Anthony looks like he got the best Christmas present ever. He leans down and kisses me. The kiss is hard and desperate. Our tongues battle in our mouths, trying to get closer to each other. He starts again, pushing into me. I'll go slow, he tells me, and he does. When I feel his cock touch my cherry, we look into each other's eyes. He looks at me with his deep blue eyes. Lust swirls in them along with something else, something I have no words for. Then he pushes past my virginity, and my body squeezes his cock in pain and pleasure. That hurt more than I thought it would, but the pleasure that follows is like taking a hot bath. It takes a while for him to get completely inside of me. There's now a sheen of sweat on his body, and while I usually think that's unclean, it's so hot when it's on him. I'm tempted to lean in and lick it off of him. But then he starts to move and puts his thumb on my clit, and I forget my own name. His thrusts are long and hard. Just when I think he's going to leave my pussy, he pushes back in with a certain force that has me crawling up my bed. But my head doesn't hit the headboard. Anthony puts his hand on top of my head so I don't hit it, and he starts to pick up the pace. With one hand on top of my head, his forearm holding himself up, he takes his other hand and grabs my thigh and pulls my leg up higher. 
It's a more open position, and I swear he gets deeper into me. Fuck, Julia. You feel so good wrapped around my cock like that. You like how I feel inside you? I nod ferociously as Anthony pounds into me. I feel my orgasm rushing down my spine, and soon I'm crashing into the waves of pleasure. Ah, oh, fuck. Yes, Anthony. I yell out and wrap my arms around Anthony's neck and pull him closer to me. I can hear Anthony chant my name as he comes into the condom. As our breath starts to catch up, Anthony moves some of my hair out of my face and cups my cheek. How did I get so lucky? He says in awe. A rhetorical question, but I say, you have good taste in music. I start to giggle, and so does Anthony. When our bodies shake from our laughter, it's then we realize that we're still in each other, our sensitive and wet bodies still intertwined. Why can't I just stay in you forever, he says. Because if you don't get out, I could get pregnant. You know that condoms aren't 100% secure, right? Anthony's eyes go dark, and he says with a growl, What if I want you pregnant? My baby growing inside of you, your tits filling with milk and your body getting so sensitive. You want to have a baby with me? What? Well, I guess I'm not the only person thinking of forever. Yes, Julia, but I want more than that. I want your baby, but I want your heart, your soul, your love. I love you, Julia. I don't know how it happened so fast. I didn't even know that was possible, but I love you. Tears prick my eyes, and I try to hide them, but Anthony nods his head and catches the tears with his thumb. I want your tears, too. Those tears that spilled down your cheeks when I was spanking you. They were fucking beautiful. You like seeing me cry? I'm confused. A lot of the women in the books that I read cried during the spanking, not because they were upset, but actually they didn't really explain why they were crying. I thought that making a woman cry was a bad thing, which is why those scenes in those books always confused me. I don't want to make you cry tears of hurt or pain. I want your tears of submission. I want your tears of desire. Tears aren't always a sign of hurt. They can also be a sign of intense and intimate emotion like love and trust. Huh. Never thought of it like that. I guess that explains my tears now. I love him, and he loves me, and that makes me so... happy. And strong. I like that, I say. And Anthony smiles and kisses my cheeks. Chapter 6 Anthony Leaving Julia was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I wanted nothing more than to curl up next to her in her bed, to fuck her one more time, to kiss her on those beautiful lips. 
but I don't want to get caught by a roommate who might even already be there, and it's almost eleven at night. Thankfully, I don't run into her on my way out. The finals for this midterm are coming up, and I need to make some tests for the students. So I head to my office to check on the work that they need to do, passing Professor Evan Daniels on the way. Hey there, Anthony, you're having a late night, the young professor says to me. Evan Daniels got here last year and has been a hit. He brings a kind of youth to this place. All of the professors here are over 40, including yours truly. As a 30-something, he brings a little pep into his classrooms. Where most of the teachers are serious and strict, Daniels likes to have fun. It's like he's teaching a second-grade music class, but with older students and harder notes. Yeah, well, no rest for the wicked, I reply, and Daniels chuckles. You know you can afford to have some fun once in a while. You're one of the top professors here and great at your job. Take a vacation. I heard from some of the teachers that between you and Professor Johnson, you two are the most uptight teachers here. He jokes, but he's right. With the exception, of course, of the principal, Liam and I are always working, though for different reasons. Liam does it because teaching is all that he's known. It's in his blood, and he's also a hermit. His house looks haunted, and the inside is empty. Me, on the other hand, I work all the time because I have no other things to do. I used to go to bars and pick up women, but that became boring after a while. And after I met Julia, I haven't even looked at another one. No one could compare to the angel that's probably lying in her bed with her juices coating her thighs. I'll remember to lick them off of her next time. And yes, there will be a next time. Several next times. Well, see ya. Daniel says, and we head our separate ways. Me to my office, and it looks like Daniels is heading to the library. I open the door to my office and step in. The music sheets that I have for the students are all in their files, and I double-check to make sure I got it all right. This Friday, all my students will perform in front of me and a bunch of other professors. It's based on how they perform in front of an audience. That's the point of the test. Since we learn about playing the instrument most of the time, it's good that these students learn to play in front of other people, as, hopefully, they'll all play in bands and orchestras. It is, after all, what we train them for. I take out Julia's file first. She's going to be playing a piece by Manuel de Falla, a favorite of mine. She's a fan of his, too. Julia is very good with the slower, more romantic pieces. Something sweet. I double-check all the other students' music sheets, then head to the auditorium where they'll play. I remember my first time playing here. It's where one part of the audition, so to speak, was held. We had an in-person interview, and then the board wanted to see us play. I played the piece that I'm having Julia play. I see Hank, our janitor, cleaning up the place, and I let him be while I go into the back and make sure all the instruments are there. It's not really necessary, but I don't mind. All the students will be nervous, and it's nice to be prepared. 
These are different from their instruments and the ones that the school provides in the classroom. These ones are super expensive, incredibly well-made, the kind that they will have to invest in someday when they hit the stage. They keep them in their own separate room since they're for performances only. After checking all the harps out, I leave the room and lock the door, greeting Hank when I head home. I won't be able to see Julia for a while, which is unfortunate, so I get into my car and turn for home. My house seems rather dull now that Julia's entered my life. Since I met her, I've noticed how much of a bachelor pad this is. Very monotone. And it looks like no one lives here. It's all gray walls and giant windows. Very much a house and not a home. I strip off my jacket, then walk to the kitchen. I look into my bare fridge and decide to pass on the meal. I'm not very hungry anyway. An empty feeling washes over me and I shake my head. Man, this girl has gotten to me. My sweet angel. I close my eyes and remember her beautiful face. Her long, dark hair and those chocolate eyes. I travel down her body, imagining that sweet, naked body all covered in blush. I imagine her small, soft tits and her tight pussy dripping with desire. She is a goddess, I think to myself, then close the fridge and walk to my bedroom. I undo most of my buttons before stopping as I enter my bedroom. What the fuck? In the middle of the bed, lies Julia, naked, on my bed, with her legs wide and one hand playing with her breasts. What the fuck? I say out loud. Hi, she says in a breathy voice. I hope you don't mind, but I took a taxi here. You know where I live? God, I'm so happy she knows where I live. Yeah, I, uh, I like to listen to people when they talk. In one of the lessons, you mentioned the street, and in another, you said that your house is the only one without a fence. Also, might I suggest you lock your doors? The blush on her cheeks nearly sends me to my knees. I don't really have anything to steal. My throat is dry, and my cock starts to harden at lightning speed in my pants. Julia's face goes red, and she starts to close her legs, but I stop her. Don't, I say, my voice rough, like I've been talking for hours. I'm sorry I broke in, she says in a small voice. Don't ever apologize to me. You don't have anything to be sorry for. You never have to apologize to me ever again. Not unless I tell you. Julia smiles, and she knows what I mean. After all, sir deserves an apology after a spanking. Turn over, I command. Julia smiles, then does what I say. Now, I did say you don't have to apologize, but you did break in, so I think you need to be punished. What do you think, Julia? Yes, sir. Punish me, sir. My lips curl into a grin at her submission. Fuck. She's so hot when she's so honest. And confident.
Such a good girl. So, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to spank you five times for breaking into my house. Then you will say you're sorry. Then, and only then, will you get a reward. Understand? Yes, sir, she says, and I kneel behind her and lay the first smack on her bare ass. Fuck, she yells. Smack, smack, smack. I spank her one more time, making it five, then turn her over. Open your legs wide for me, baby. Daddy wants a taste. Julia's eyes widen, and I grin. Just want to change it up right now. You call me Daddy tonight, got it? Yes, Daddy, she says, and I groan out loud. Maybe I should just switch to Daddy instead of Sir. I think I like it better. Don't know why, I just do. I finish removing my clothes, then crawl up the bed. Julia's legs widen, and I bend down towards her pussy. What a pretty pussy you have, I say, skimming my finger up and down her wet folds. Do you ache, baby? Do you ache for me? Yes, she whines. Yes, what? I nip at her thigh, and she yelps. Yes, Daddy. Hmm, that's better. Now, how about I get a taste? I lick her pussy, and I swear I see stars. She's so fucking sweet, like honey and vanilla. It's addictive. I take another lick, and her moans are music to my ears. I stick my tongue inside of her, and her legs close around my head. I work her pussy with my tongue, licking up every drop of her juices, then bringing my hand to her clit and circling it with my thumb. Julia's moans become louder, and I feel her start to shake. I change positions and stick two fingers inside of her while I lick her clit, and she crumbles beneath me. Her screams fill the room with passion and lust, and her juices fill my mouth. I lap up every drop, then crawl up her body. I lick at her breasts and take them in my hand, kneading them, loving how soft and pillowy they are, loving how I can fit an entire one in my hand. I lift up and kiss her lips, letting her taste herself. I reach over to the bedside table and pull out a condom and put it over myself before entering Julia again. Fuck, you're so fucking tight, I groan. Julia holds my shoulders as I ride her hard into the mattress. After the mind-blowing orgasm, I hold my woman in my arms and lay kisses upon her shoulders. Can I stay the night? she asks. I lean up and move the hair out of her face. Of course. You really think after one orgasm that I'm making you go home? Julia giggles, and I position myself between her thighs. We'll figure out what to do tomorrow. But for now, I just want to hold you, kiss you, and make love to you. Would you like that, Julia? Yes, she breathes. I put on another condom and sink inside of her. Yes, what? Yes, Daddy.
The End This has been Julia's Desire by Ayla Glass. Read for you by Gavin McAllister. Welcome back. Hi, guys. I actually wanted to mention that there's a new series out. Ooh. Uh, Jessa Dean sent me a book today. I was Hell texting yeah. with her earlier. She's having a whole holiday series, and the first one is Haunt We Ever After. And Fuck just... you. So, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Oh, I am intrigued now. I want to know. So yes. I'm super excited to jump into that. I thought you guys, other Jessadine people might be interested to know that she has a new series out. And that one should be live by this episode. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm so ready for Christmas books. I'm ready. Me too. Let's fucking do it. All right. Next week, we have Gianna Darling. She is with us. She's got a book called Out of Sight. So many people are excited for her to be on the podcast with us. Like, I didn't, like, I love her. I follow her on Instagram. She's so sweet. We've talked a ton. I did not realize, like, people are crazy about her. Like, they have messages, like, I'm so excited. So, yeah, should be really fun. All right. We'll see you next time. Everything will be in the show notes. Now, what to do? Fuck your day up. Make say your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.